You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 128th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that has been dedicated to social change for almost 24 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we continue our explorations from two weeks ago. We were discussing then the federal government's draft religious discrimination bill, looking especially at its consequences in the already contentious landscape of public and private schools in Australia. We figured that the new version of the legislation would still allow private religiously affiliated schools to discriminate against groups of people who live lives that don't comply with the conservative and often regressive morality of the religious entities they're associated with. Mm -hmm. Our point was that at 75% 75 of federal school funding goes to those private schools, taxpayers, that means most of us, are paying those private religious schools to exclude or otherwise discriminate against women, sexually diverse people, people with disability, and even those of no or other religious conviction. So we thought, time to go back and look a bit closer at what's proposed. Yeah, and remember, Jacques, just before the COVID outbreak in January 2020, we did have an earlier go at the proposed bill, Mm -hmm. which then had been prepared by the Attorney General, who was Porter at that time. And then put to rest, because of the fact that early, very negative reactions and the COVID outbreak, uh, basically we're we're preventing this uh, legislative proposal to go any further. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it did recently come back like the Terminator, (laughs) even (laughs) if the chances of it being voted on by Parliament before the federal election are reducing. So that's a federal election which Mm -hmm. looks like it's being March or May um, early next year. So so with all the backlash, uh, it looks like the momentum's slowing down on the bill, which is a good thing. And, uh, and, and the PM, of course, doesn't want to show the fractures in his own party. So he's, I think, a bit demotivated about mm-hmm. maybe pushing it at this stage. Demotivate is a very nice word, Jen. <laughs> Still, the bill Thank was you. put to the Senate a couple of weeks ago and referred to a Senate committee to have a look at it. That Senate committee is controlled by the federal government and is supposed to report back next February. Yeah, so I I think that's important, Jacques, that Mm. it's gone to a committee that's controlled by the federal government. Mm. Important point. And apparently uh, the PM wanted to introduce the bill to the lower house first and get a vote there. Uh, But there was a bit of a revolt in his own party 
by those who understandably wanted to know more about the bill before being forced to vote on it. The process has been criticised by a number of people across the political, whole political spectrum, really, who say the draft religious discrimination bill should be going to a joint select com committee, uh, which is not government controlled. Mm. Yeah, but as we know, allowing scrutiny is not a favourite pastime for this government. Mm. And just to recap a bit about what the bill is about, on the surface, it is supposedly about protecting the freedoms of those in religious institutions to uphold and practice their religion. And through that, hiring and firing staff and expelling students, for example. In reality, it is a free speech fig leaf for discriminating against people of different sexual orientations and gender identities. It was sparked in 2018 as a reaction by conservatives and several churches to, to the passing of the same-sex marriage legislation, mm -hmm. or more general, generally as Jacqueline Maley formulated it in The Age two Sundays ago, the proposed bill, she said, is staunchly guardian, guarding the right of churches to peer into the bedroom of their parishioners. It doesn't get more illiberal than that, she yeah, said. Yeah, and so much for governments wanting to stay out of people's lives and, mm. and, not, and not wanting to tell people what to do, which ScoMo's been spouting about recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even though the bill has been modified from earlier versions ostensibly to protect freedom of expression, uh, it would still allow certain professionals or others to make offensive, insulting or hurtful comments, as long as they're based on a, quote, genuinely held religious belief, unquote, and the, those comments are made outside their work. So to quote Anna Brown from Equality Australia, the bill would allow, quote, Things like a medical worker telling a person with HIV that AIDS is a punishment from God or a person living with disability that their disability is caused by the devil. Mm. Mm. And as Liberal MP Trent Zimmerman was reported to suggest also in Maley's artic uh, article, and I quote, the bill does have a real world impact. As a person who has been through the coming out process, the fear that you won't have a supportive school environment is a real fear. Mm. Indeed, as we discussed two weeks ago, a religious institution can simply create a statement of belief and based on their own statement, continue to discriminate. Mm. Yeah, and this statement of belief can be highly selective in what things it wants to discriminate on, for example, being gay. So the proposed bill should be really renamed, if you think about it, as and become the Religiously Allowable Discriminations Bill, <laughs> as suggested by former High Court Just, Justice Michael Kirby. It's a bill that will, and I quote, sustain nastiness and hostility that Australia can well do without mm -hmm. that appeared in the guardian in response to a much earlier version of the bill yeah and then more recently steph lentz wrote about the bill in the age that was on the 26th of november 
So Steph's story is really illustrative, I think. She was sacked from her Christian school because of her belief that a person can be a Christian and be gay. The focus is on her belief, but it obviously stems from her being gay and, and a committed Christian from her point of view. So she noted that, quote, the school's view is not representative of what all Christians believe. The doctrines underpinning the school's statement of belief is not the consensus of all academics in the relevant fields, unquote. And I'd add it's not reflective of all Christian beliefs or branches of Christianity either. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and Steph also points out that there are a lot of things that may be taken as inconsistent with the faith. So why is sexual orientation, for example, being picked on? To quote Steph Lentz again, there are many things Christians have historically treated as sinful, extramarital sex, divorce, children born out of wedlock, lack of church attendance, and, of course, homosexuality. Yeah, and as a Catholic, I would add on to that, eating meat on a Friday or having dirty thoughts or skipping church on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. well, Jacques, you mean lapsed Catholic, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sort of a lapsed one, that's right. Mm -hmm. Let's go to some music now with CSR by Rainbow Chan and then later return to our discussion.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the proposed Religious Discrimination Bill, which supposedly aims to protect religious institutions against certain groups, so of course positing them as a victim somehow. Uh, I like what David Marr said about that, straight to the point, quote, you don't need protection if you're planning to be decent and kind. This law is designed to let the churches be nasty, nasty to children, to employees of the faiths, and nasty in the pulpit, (laughs) unquote. Mm. Yeah, that was in Maley's article. Quoting from who quoted that from the Guardian, mm-hmm. Maley then refers in the age to the sad and outrageous case of St Mary's Anglican Church in Armadale, where the two Peters, sixty-year-old Peter Grace and fifty-seven-year-old Peter Sanders, the latter was the well-liked organist at St Mary's, they had fallen in love late in life. They got married and were promptly expelled from the church. Mm-hmm. The parish members' activism to get them reinstated has bumped against the staunch refusal of the conservative local bishop and most likely also the renowned conservative archbishop in Sydney. Yeah, some that's some real. There's some real life fallout from religious discrimination, and and let's remember this really does hurt real people. Yeah, so let's let's look a little bit closer at some of the anomalies of the proposed, what I call, religiously allowable discrimination <laughs> bill. Students, for example, schools would be able to expel students on things deemed to be contradictory to the school's faith. But on the other hand, faith schools in Australia take lots of students from other faiths. For example, Catholic schools have many girls who are Muslim. And the proportion of Asian children in, say, the Methodist Ladies College or the Presbyterian Ladies College is growing steadily. And we would suggest that many of those may come from Hindu or Buddhist or indeed atheist backgrounds. But of course, they do have the money to pay for the exorbitant fees of those colleges. Mm-hmm. But in some last-minute horse trading shark, uh, some reluctant liberals may back the bill in exchange for protection for gay students from being expelled. So it's all in development um, and that would require changes to the Sex Discrimination Act. But we'll see how that unfolds because it's, it is a moving mm-hmm. feast. feast. <laughs> Another anomaly in the proposed bill relates to teachers. Religious schools in Australia have a lot of teaching staff from other faith or of no religion. Well, yeah, that's right. A, a friend of mine who was brought up Catholic taught at a Jewish school for a few years. And I believe the biggest Islamic school in Australia, Malik Far, has a Christian principal. So you have to ask, why would you want to expel a teacher for some philosophical belief or s- some behavioural inconsistency or with the school's faith as it's perceived, when actually being of another faith itself (laughs) seems to be generally accepted, obviously, except for the teaching of the faith itself. So that's Mm. another anomaly. Yeah. Then there are student families. 
what if religious schools were to vet students on the lifestyles of their families and the beliefs the lifestyles those lifestyles imply? Yeah, well, Catholic schools and churches would have to look at contraception. You could see from the reduction of the sizes of families that very few are following the tenets of the Catholic Church on contraception. Uh, families became quite small from the 1960s onwards and my family with my nine siblings was a rarity even then. And so I guess, you know, there's evidence that they were all voting quietly um, mm -hmm. with their using their own contraceptive pills or whatever while obediently attending mm -hmm. Mass every Sunday. That's right. And wouldn't they be worried also about the beliefs about contraception amongst their teachers or about abortion for that matter? Yeah. And as Steph Lentz pointed out in The Age, there are many things that could be taken issue with in the statements of belief of religious schools. And probably should if they were to be consistent. That's right. It's like... Um, there could be extramarital sex, divorce, children born out of wedlock, uh, lack of church attendance, and of course, homosexuality. So why is sexual orientation and gender identity being t particularly targeted? And as an aside, uh, I guess I went to a Catholic secondary school for two years, which was run by nuns. Um, and for about 45 minutes every morning, the head nun will give a heated sort of ramble about the evils of the world. And Gems included this. When girls pluck their eyebrows, you know the communists are coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll just let people pause and have a think of that, about that. <laughs> when girls pluck their eyebrows, you know the communists are coming. So this will only make sense to people who went to convent schools around that time. For others, the logic is, I'll explain it. Number one, plucking eyebrows is worldly. Two, when you do things that are worldly, you are rejecting God. Three, communists want you to reject God. Four, so the girls who pluck their eyebrows are the forerunners of a communist invasion into Australia. And that was serious. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, presumably, uh, as principal, she would have put in a statement of belief for the school that a belief in plucking eyebrows, which is code for actually plucking eyebrows, would be incompatible with the school's faith. And students or teachers with thin eyebrows could then be legally discriminated against, as long as it's in the statement of belief, of course. Now, I am being facetious, of course. But the serious point is the arbitrary nature of what might go into such statements and form the basis for some very serious and backward discrimination under the proposed Religious Discrimination Bill. Have you heard of Long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, you may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of Long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID as a keyword. A 3CR supporter. Hey you mob. This virus is hanging around far too long, don't you reckon? Uncle Jack Charles here, and I for one would love to be back with community. 
This just isn't possible without vaccinating our community. You can contact your local ACCO and they can give you the information you need to book you an appointment so you're on your way. Together we can do better. Community, unity, immunity. Hashtag Vaxed and Proud. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR. 855am on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the Religious Discrimination Bill, recently proposed by the Federal Government, and how it is a thinly veiled attempt for religious institutions to discriminate against people on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity, for example. Yeah. Mm. This bill is obviously a real fig leaf for allowing discrimination in schools and elsewhere, and pertinently for ulterior motives. Again, as Jacqueline Maley says in The Age, in the title of her article, the title sounds like religious discrimination bill is a lousy trick and craven politics. And to prove that cravenness of our politics so clearly demonstrated in the timing and the formulations in the bill, she states, quote, it's a fight over an issue that hurts our most vulnerable and thus nothing to address the very real problems the country faces, yeah. unquote. And earlier she suggests what the real reason is, quote, it is the ultimate wedge for opposition leader Anthony Albanese a labour man to his boots, but also an atheist, whose electorate in Sydney's inner west would riot and vote green if he wasn't seen to protect gay children, Yeah, Yeah, but Jacques, as a political manoeuvre, it seems to have spectacularly backfired, I'd say, with not only opposition figures critical of the bill, like Labour, the Greens some crossbenchers, but there's been quite a lot of pushback in the mm-hmm. PM's own ranks, so it's really backfired if he thought he was being clever. That's mm. right, Still, but we need to still remain particularly alert to the very fact that this government is led by people with rather strange religious and, in fact, discriminatory beliefs pandering to potential voters who share them. Indeed, we have earlier in January 2020 talked about Scomo's Pentecostalism mm-hmm. and quoted John Wren as saying in the Independent uh, uh, sorry in the Independent Journal no 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 in the Independent Australia Journal and I quote many Pentecostals believe that health and well-being is the end result of leading a godly life. Mm-hmm. Again, this implies that those who are disabled physically or mentally ill, are not leading moral lives and are thus being punished or tested by God. Many believe in faith healing, Mm. the laying on of hands to cure a variety of maladies. In terms of political philosophy, this means that the government should not be funding medical care or the NDIS, as the provision of medical care could be seen as interfering in God's will." Mm. So are there ample space for fearing that allowable discrimination would go against certain beliefs and behaviours, there's also enough evidence that it will positively discriminate in favour of those who share the government's leadership or the government leadership's belief. Yeah. 
And we have already seen so many precedents in this government's decision-making about federal funds going disproportionately to the right electorates. That means liberal or mm -hmm. national electorates. We uh -huh. may be also quite confident that the shamelessness demonstrate, demonstrated in these areas of policy-making will easily cross over into many other areas now. Now, particularly that an election is looming, graft may indeed become a general principle of governing mm. in Australia. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point, Jacques. You're mm. talking about discrimination against marginalised groups, mm. along with discrimination in favour of those already in power, already mm. or already holding power, namely federal politicians and their potential voters, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so go the wily ways of power. Personally, I'd like to remind our politicians who they are there to serve. That is, they're there to serve all of us. I'd really like to say to them, it's our taxes, our commonwealth that pays for you to serve the Australian people in all our variety. So why are you wasting all of our time on this stuff? Why are you squandering our precious resources and abusing your positions of power when there are so many real and urgent crises to deal with? Not least climate change. And there's certainly no time or resources to lose in dealing with that. So perhaps the best contribution you can make federal politicians, is getting out of the way. Stop using all of our oxygen and let others who are smart and nice step up and, <laughs> and let them guide us somewhere that's healthier and stands a chance of survival along with all living things on this planet. Yes, and on that rather... <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting that we need to sort of become almost like... Uh, calling for for faithful and meaningful kind of interventions at this point in time. Yeah, and, and asking them to just do their job, Shark. That's just right. Just do your job. Exactly. So now to our community announcements for today. Firstly, do keep the pressure on our federal politicians not to pass this terrible religious discrimination bill. And we will return to it, we promise, in late January. Mm. And also, we should mention there are anti-AUKUS rallies happening all around the country. In mm -hmm. Melbourne, it is today, Human Rights Day, Friday, mm -hmm. 10 December, 5.15pm at the State Library of Victoria. The theme is Human Rights, Not Another Military Pact. It's hosted by the Raucous Anti-AUKUS Collective. And I'll say the time and place again. It's 5.15pm at the State Library. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's programme, you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programmes are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. And thanks again to Clark Bourne for recording, technical production and music selection. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, stay tuned for the launch of the Beyond the Bars CD to celebrate Human Rights Day. To bring us into this program, we have Milkumana by King Stingray. <laughs> Milkumana. 
down by the fire Man, I got no receipt to write I never lose touch What kind of man 